Hello, welcome back to this episode of TF. It's the free one. The free one. That's right. We are still doing the you voice. You are listening to the free one. Mm. The, the fans love the voice. I hate it. We got <laughs> someone with Nate and I were packing shirts at 1.30 in the morning yesterday and someone from that's Australia what we're calling it now. had let that's right. Yeah, in each other's ass. Mm. Um and then on the someone on, on their Wix note had left, I'm just here for Riley and the free one. Uh-huh. Um, and so we put a little note in their shirt that said, it's the free one. Yeah, but you Except still charge them shirt. for the shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It wasn't free. It's the note was free. The one you paid for. It's the paid one. Oh, that's like, Bonus. That's like the, uh, hey, none of that on this one. Oh, yeah. <sighs> they didn't pay for it. They didn't no, pay for it. None no. of that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. If you want to share all the bonus voice, pay for it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, we will sell you. It's like, uh, you know, on eBay, they used to do those things. They'd sell like an Xbox box for like $300. yeah. Yeah, you'll get mm. the free one, and the free one's just a yeah, note I, that says the free I, one. I, 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 I asked yeah. for a free shirt from Trash Future, and they mailed me a box of dirt with the word puto written on it. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Um, so we are going to be um, talking first about a new... Uh, you know what I love talking about on this show? Yeah. Uh, the, the released... Yeah, baskets. No, the released texts of... Um, weirdos in politics. Mm, we had oh, yeah. Derek McKay text. That was a great TF segment. Yeah, absolutely. Hey. I had a lot of fun. Hi. 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 Do you like rugby? Hi. Uh, so <laughs> now I have some some more texts here uh, from that are basically like that. It's like, hi. Right. Hi. Do you like supply chain financing? Oh, no. Hi. Hi. I do- hey. I told you last week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have a, a, a selection, let's just say, of texts that have been mm, released. A delectable selection. Mm. Um, a smorgasbord of texts. Yes. Mm. So uh, to Tom Scholar, Treasury Permanent Secretary, 6th of March, David Cameron texts. What's up, riding Pussy to the- Hunters? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am, yeah, that's right. And he's like, oh, d- don't put that in. <laughs> I am riding to the rescue with supply chain finance and my friend Lex Greensill. My oh. new job. See you ah. at Rishi's for an elbow bump or a foot tap. Love DC. Excuse me. Elbow bump or a foot <laughs> tap. Elbow bump yeah, or a foot just... tap. Remember when people yeah, were doing right. those instead of just not yeah. doing anything? Yeah. I, I've, what a 12 hours it was. Yeah. Um, but I love this. I'm riding to the rescue with supply chain finance and my friend Lex Greensill. My new job. It's such a like uh bait like a play school playset of a mm. job site. Mm. <laughs> I just like, I'm going to work, is Weiss putting on his clip on yeah, time. I, I, Flintstone phone, but it's all pictures of guys in suits that you can call. Are you interested in my work at the business factory? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, to Tom Scholar, Permanent Treasury Secretary, 3rd of April. <laughs> Tom Scholar is ahead yeah. of a name. Again, Greensill have got a no. I'm genuinely baffled. Can I have five minutes for a call? <laughs> this is bonkers. Dear Tom, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. <laughs> and I now, wrote the addresses on them perfect. And now calling the Chancellor Gove, everyone. Best wishes, DC. Uh-huh. Two, Sheridan Westlake, number 10 advisor, 3rd of April. Hope you're still thriving in the heart of the machine. Uh, so David Cameron approximating... In the heart of the machine. <laughs> it's, it's, David, it's David Cameron approximating how he thinks a normal person yeah, talks well, da- about David the David Cameron believes that the, the, the government is the Adeptus Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I yeah. also love that he signs all of his texts, DC, like he's your dad. <laughs> Hope yeah. you're still Incredible. serving the machine god, DC. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's the, the void dragon that lives at the heart of Britain. Mm. <laughs> um, Hope you're still thriving at the heart of the machine. Could I trouble you for a quick word? To Michael Gove, cabinet office minister, 3rd of April. <laughs> Hell yeah. On the same day. This sounds like stuff that you would, like, strangers would send you on LinkedIn. <laughs> well, here's another one. Speaking of strangers, to Michael, sing Michael Gove for being a cool guy. To Michael Gove, cabinet mm. office minister, third of April. I know you're manically busy and doing a great job, by the way. This yeah. is bloody looking, hard. Looking swole, my dude. This is bloody hard, and I think the team is coping extremely well. But do you have a moment for the for a word? I'm on this number and very free. All good wishes, DC. Oh, now, yes. He's so, so desperate. All, all of these with the 3rd of April, he's doing these yeah. on the same day. The texts, yeah. so like those two texts that you just read back to back were sent mm-hmm. two minutes apart. He's just going <laughs> through the contacts list, just like, hey. Hi. 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 Do you like do you like supply chain finance? Yeah. Mm. Hi. Can Hi. I have some money? You, you up? Mm. <laughs> to Rishi Sudak, 18th of May. Thanks for the call today. I've sent one last WhatsApp with a solution that backs only UK firms. Please have a look and ask officials to do the same. My apologies for troubling you again. We should have got to this answer faster. All good wishes, DC. Yeah, David Cameron <laughs> tries to message hey to Michael Gove, Tom Scholar, Rishi Sunak, and Nadim mm. Zadawi at the same time, accidentally creates a group chat, and is just like, oh, I didn't know this yeah. would go the same. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, lads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's- just trying to organize beef for the summer. <laughs> if everyone's free. Um, um, yeah, David Cameron basically just like being one of those like copy paste dating app guys hey. who is just oh, yeah, like, hey. Uh, hey, I, 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 I just like some pa- copy pasting some story about him he, or like, whatever. And it's a like, joke. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, and how are you doing it? Then forgets to sub in job. And it's just like a drop asset yeah. <laughs> um, to Nadim Z- uh, Zawi, vaccines minister, 14th of June. Hi there. Yeah. Well done. Keeping going in the midst of all this. You've been very solid in the media. <laughs> To John mm. Glenn, Treasury Minister, 26th of June. Oh, the guy from space? Uh, same <laughs> guy. Recently returned from the moon. Yes. Ask- I just turned my phone back on after going to the moon, and I've got all these texts from David Cameron. Yeah. Thanks for all your help with this. Sorry the answer is a no, but we appreciate the mm. engagement. All good wishes, DC. We appreciate the engagement. Yeah, thanks for thinking uh, oh, of us. Like and subscribe. Yeah. This is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. Oh, boy. Um, David Cameron to Tom Scholar on the 20th of April. One last point that I promise I'll stop annoying you. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I'm not a sim. Hi. 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 <laughs> Greensill do early payment in the NHS. All your pharmacies are paid immediately rather than waiting for the cash to the NHS to cough up. That is cash. C-A-S-H. Effectively very cheap credit. Wait, did he actually say cash, cash and then C-A-S-H? He said cash in, in all caps. Oh, I thought he said cash oh. and then separate word, then cash with full stops. Uh, that that, that would have been, been awesome. cool, yeah. That would have been so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not links, cool enough. Links Tom Scholar to the, the YouTube mm. video for cream yeah he's he's just doing like fucking um like mlm shit he's yeah. like listen well, tom if you've got a minute i have got a scheme that can that make is you a lot of cash money. my that friend is, that is no. precisely what uh, he is allow doing. allow me to say first of all just straight off the bat this is not a pyramid scheme yeah this is <laughs> yeah. money let me just get that out of the M-O-N-E-Y. way okay? this is money baby why M-O-N-E Yeah, M-O-M-Y What's that spell? Loads of money (laughs) That's right So it says, that is cash, all caps Into businesses now, capital now Rather than waiting ages for action by banks You control the banks! 
back. You control the money factory. You don't need to wait for it. God damn it. Yeah. I think you, you, honestly, if you guys don't take this, North Haverbrook are going to have it. This, this so is, you this should is consider... the most Mark as red ass text. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love this. Rishi, David Cameron here. Can I have a quick word at some point? This is also on April 20th. He mm. he basically has his like, well, time to go into my sh- texting shed and, and, <laughs> and harass mm. everyone in government. Uh, Rishi, David Cameron here. Can I have a quick word at some point? Call any time on this number. Treasury any are refusing time. to extend CCFF <gasps> to include supply chain finance. Wait, wait, is in CCF? CCFF. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to the learn. fucking Eaton rifles are uh, being supply yeah. chain finance now. <laughs> Greensill Capital, a British fintech success story, who I help, are the champions of who this. Who I help. He is, and, and plus me. Y- yeah. you, know um, what, you know what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. David Cameron is the governmental Umarel. You know those guys oh, right. in Northern yeah. Italy who, like, yeah. once they're retired, they, like, stand on the outside of a, a construction site with their hands behind their back <laughs> watching and going, I could do that. You, you've yeah. done that wrong. Because mm. they can't give it up. Because they refuse yeah. to like mm. admit that they're they're out, right? That's what he's doing. And, and yeah, yeah, he can't he can't stop. Uh, but it's clear that every, every. I mean, I just love how much obviously everybody just hates him. This is kind of depressing. This is like David Cameron, like three years after graduation, going to like a freshers night club oh. night, or even being like, or even Hi. worse, like when you're in your like late twenties and you go back to your secondary school just to look around. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, God damn. Almost makes you feel sorry for him. Here's another f- mm. couple of funny ones. April 20th, sent on 354 from David Cameron to Jesse Norman. Jesse, David Cameron here. Sorry, David A. Cameron here. David uh, A. Cameron. David the Cameron. <laughs> David, just, David the Cameron. Just in, case you David one, just in case you get confused with the other ones. Yeah. Arch, David, Arch, David Ukraine. Archbishop here. of Canterbury, <laughs> David the Cameron. Yeah. Uh, have. Have you got a moment for a quick word? This is a problem for SMEs you can help solve. Thanks. Best wishes. DC. <laughs> April, sound- April 20th, 3.56 p.m. Oh, wow. <laughs> David Cameron texts Sheridan Westlake. Sheridan, DC here. Could you give me a quick call? There's a looming problem you can help solve. Just knocking at two every wishes. fucking door. Two, two, two yeah. wishes. Two minutes apart. Yeah. Sheridan, DC here. Uh, you have a parcel for which there's a two pound thirty postage <laughs> charge. If you just click through to this link, sorry, you were out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and you know how many texts there are? I've just read some of these texts. You know how many there are total? How many? <laughs> like seventy. The most, the most recent text that I got on this phone was, "Hello, Miss Alice Caldwell Kelly. We're here to help you with your overdue gas and electricity bills." And I want to read mm. the rest of that more keenly than any of these yeah. people have wanted to read one of <laughs> David Cameron's. Texts. Alice, look, read read the start of the message as it as it went. It was, "Hi, Alice, DC here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help you." Can I have a quick word Would about you- your overdue gas and electricity bills? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could supply chain yeah. finance. Your gas and utility. I uh, think, think we can really help your uh, overdue help uh, with mm. the overdue gas bill situation. Lots of love. Let's have an elbow bump soon, DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, ignore. <laughs> Hope you're thriving in the heart of the machine. Brackets <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I, I, just, I w- the heart I, of the machine. Brackets trans. I, I wish I, I Scottish gas would offer me a Scottish gas. Scottish gas. Scottish gas. You certainly wish that, getting, the, that the government I'm would give you one pushy. of those. I'm getting pushy piped straight into my home. You know what? I'm going to fucking change the name of the group chat myself. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm getting. I, <laughs> the, 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 the trouble is, Belarus have turned off the gas supply. 
There is no pussy in any <laughs> West Lothian, right? Christ. Hell yeah. Uh, Alice and I have been podcasting for like yeah, four we, we, solid hours. We have the madness. It's really set in yeah, now. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The podcasting pre l- l- Listen to the bonus uh, Masters of Our Domain for us talking about keeping yeah. the pussy in an apartment. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's uh, right. the pussy apartment. So. Uh, anyway, I, I just I really enjoyed uh, those texts from uh, mm. David Cameron uh, to basically everyone in government sent again, mm. mostly on the same day around the same time as mm. he was just desperate to, like, get his do nothing sinecure sort of taken care of. But mm. again, was slightly too stupid to enjoy the kind of prestigious job for life that being a prime minister gives you because mm. he was too easily taken in by an obvious scam. Yeah, because he he should have done the Tony Blair thing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that Tony Blair is being a more successful former prime minister than David Cameron, given that Tony Blair did the Iraq war. <laughs> and, hung out with, and, and hung out with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's. Uh, well, I mean, I, who didn't do that? To be fair, what I, what I think is very funny is it's just, it's Dave, <laughs> it's David, very much the Spider-Man meme of well, everyone no, I, in I, well, the top tier of our well, society pointing at each well, no, other. I, I, like I, I, you I, hung I, out with Jeffrey. Epstein. No, I don't. I don't think that Jer- even like Jeffrey Epstein would hang out with David Cameron. I think he'd get annoyed with the text messages. Mm. Yeah. Hi, JE, DC here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, what I think is also very... Yeah, I hope you're thriving in the heart of the mosque. <laughs> <laughs> um, just wondering <laughs> if you have a minute for a quick FaceTime. <laughs> uh, what I think is also very funny is David, is David Cameron went... Anytime he's asked about this, he's like, I just always thought I'd make a good banker. Mm. <laughs> just, it's just a guy he's who likes to play. Because I'm LARPing. He, yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's LARP, his whole life is LARPing. Uh, oh my god, David Cameron in a different life could have been could have been Alice. He could have been buying Lithuanian forestry right. worker patches. He would have been, been like, a, I could do He this. would have been healthier if he had just done mm. that. If he had just like Good transition on, have saved. On, That's right. On, on a similar subject, right? I also want to uh talk about a subject mm. that is near and dear to my heart, uh which is there there's a, there's been some things that have happened in the world of cryptocurrency today, mm. which oh, cool. is that um like basically it's still really cool and good. There is this um there is something like a, there's something called a stable coin, which is a cryptocurrency that's pegged mm. to have a value of something. It's so the whole right. 1 US dollar 1 US dollar tether equals 1 U, 1 US dollars. The tether is the cryptocurrency. Right, right, right. Now there has long been controversies about the U.S. dollar tether, which is basically created by a private by a private organization that says, "Look, this is a one-to-one U.S. dollar stablecoin," and and every time Bitcoin has had his massive price run-ups in 2017 and 2019, mm. um, tethers uh, these cryptocurrencies have always been a huge part of it. Uh, tons and tons of these tethers buy these other cryptocurrencies, but hey, it's backed one-to-one by the U.S. dollar. Only recently, today, they released. All of their, um, all of their uh, uh, actual accounts are like the breakdown of the assets backing up uh, the stablecoin. You see, that's where they went wrong. I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not a finance guy, <laughs> but like this is this is very much the fat Panama banker in the Simpsons situation. It's <laughs> like, oh no, I shouldn't have released the accounts. Oh crap! I suddenly shouldn't have said they were illegal. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Effectively, mm. um. And like their 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 on their volume has sort of surpassed a trillion dollars recently, but like um, their their breakdown of because the reserves are supposed to be the reserves back the currency because the currency is theoretically exchangeable for the equivalent in reserves. So you could theoretically say it's like a gold standard, but yeah. for crypto, basically. Yeah, yeah I love it. We keep inventing different kinds of central banking. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I'm um, learning. If anything, yeah. Tether is often referred to as the central bank of cryptocurrencies because it's hmm. so important in like 
buying others on these sort of like more cowboyish exchanges. Right, so right, um, right. their backing is uh, 76% cash hmm. and cash equivalents. C-A-S-H. It's like Olive Garden vouchers. Whatever. Members of coins. Nectar points. Actually, Milo. Milo, you're kind of not far wrong when you oh, say nectar. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's 76% dollars and then 24% love honey reward points. Oh, oh Alice. Oh, I sweet summer child. It's not mm. 76% dollars. Uh, that cash and cash equivalence is about 2.7% dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, sorry. 3.87% rather. 3.87. And then th- there are other things that are cash equivalents. Like, Amer- like American government debt is a cash equivalent yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's very liquid and it can never really fail. Um, yeah. But that's only 3%. Um, and then deposits form on my 24%. Uh, repo notes about 3.6%. But then 65% is something called short-term commercial paper. An IOU. Um, <laughs> effectively, yes. Uh, okay. But the thing is, right, short-term commercial paper, that is, um, again, things that are considered relatively um, highly liquid, uh, very sort of easily tradable debt instruments uh, from large companies, right? For example, their uh, accounts receivable obligations. Ah. <laughs> it's not green still again, is it? Is it green still all the way down? I mean... I mean, this is, I was going to say, right? Like, you know, there's another uh, firm that used um, short term commercial paper where you don't say who it is and mm. you don't specify any of the like specifics of it. You don't talk about any of the, um, let's say, uh, uh, risks you're holding with your counterparties. And um, everyone involved in that organization <laughs> testified in front of parliament yesterday. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> about cool. how cool they were and about yeah, how exactly. normal all of the texts mm. they sent were. About how they're in the Gibbo group chat with David Cameron. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hi, Gibbo. I hope your heart's thriving in the heart of the dick. Um, I was wondering if you'd be free for a quick touch base. <laughs> yeah, to touch bases. Yeah, um, touch, touch our bases to each other. Yeah. So uh, this is this is very amusing to me. Um, largely because it's like, oh yeah, it's just they're just like, yeah, it's ba- I don't know, hot dog debt basically. <laughs> it's like, yeah, who can say mm. what's actually in there? Mm. Uh, who who are they lending to? Uh, what is that? Um, uh, it, it just uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's more green sill type shit essentially. Mm. Uh, commercial paper, unknown maturity, unknown credit quality, could be Sanjeev Gupta for all we know. Uh, but hey, yeah. uh, that thing, it's almost like it's almost very satisfying to me where it's like oh hey this big dumb part of the economy like like all the green cell stuff right oh yeah. this big dumb part of the economy that you know is clearly fake it turns out it's mm. fake uh the same thing yeah. with like this not all of the crypto market but like certainly whatever bit of it that the u.s dollar tether is involved in hey that that's big stupid yeah. thing that was clearly fake it's for the same reason well because this also comes the same fucking few days as when elon musk went on snl and tanked the value of dogecoin <laughs> By pointing out that Dogecoin is a stupid scam. And then everyone who owned Dogecoin going, wait, what? And I feel like they, to use another Simpsons reference, are having the moment where like Marge is like, you've spent more on temporary tattoos over the years than you have on presents for me. And he's like, but Marge, it was worth it. And then starts looking all over his body for the tattoos that are no longer there. And he's like, where have they gone? And I feel like that is basically the experience of being a Dogecoin guy. uh, But it's not just that also. I mean, the Dave, and here's here's where I put my um, tinfoil hat on. Oh, right. okay. I'm not alleged now. I am not alleging a connection between any of these two events. I'm just wearing this stylish tinfoil hat. 
But yeah, Elon Musk announced that um, basically Elon Musk made Tesla profitable by basically selling a bunch of Bitcoin he'd invested in. Okay. Right. Then says uh, dr- runs up the value by making big statements like we're going to accept Bitcoin for Tesla. I love Bitcoin. And right. also when you buy Dogecoin, um, I mean, at least for a while, a, a lot of that money would be transacted through Bitcoin. Yeah, it was so like tethered wasn't, to it, wasn't it somehow? It wouldn't yeah. be true anymore because yeah. you could buy Dogecoin directly. But nevertheless, and you should. Yeah. This is investment <laughs> no, advice. You should I would not. like this to first is of not all investment say. advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, but nevertheless, um, what you can uh, 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 see is that he does all of that, and then he says, actually, due to the environmental impacts of Bitcoin, Tesla will not be accepting Bitcoin until such time as a, cur- a cryptocurrency can be environmentally impactful. Um, and then the next day, the U.S. dollar tethers thing comes out. Huh. So. Mm. Curious. You know, just you know, every just everyone enjoy your hats. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy yeah. this tinfoil hat. Enjoy your nectar points. Well, yeah, just enjoy really your like... nectar points because that's the like that's the, enjoy your nectar points, uh, which are underpinning the uh, stability Sorry. of this uh, if large you, and growing if, asset class that's based on uh, ideology. If you own a tether, you could trade that in for fifty percent off for two people on a weekend at Thought Park. So <laughs> I personally feel very good about this underpinning the economy. Yeah. I don't see any problems here. Yeah, we're, 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 the U.S. dollar tether is um is is pegged to uh, uh you know a, a free refill at the Coke freestyle machine. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, Who doesn't right. want a free refill? What are you, a fucking commie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, freedom coin. Yeah, I had to pay for refills in the Soviet Union, I bet. Yeah. I, so I imagine so. Yeah. Anyway, um, I also uh, have a startup to talk about today. Mm, okay. Uh, it is called Willa. Willa? Willa. W-I-L-L-A. Uh-huh. Will- um, Willa wafers. Is that anything? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's Willa Wafers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Alice guessed it. Segment's over. It's Willa Wafers. The startup yeah. is a wafer. <laughs> oh, cool. I love a wafer. Uh-huh. A wafer on the blockchain. Let's say it wasn't a wafer, though. Okay, let, let's just let's think, spitball here. I let's just say for a second. I think it's like a girl boss version of Willy Wonka. No. Is it a play on Willow Tree? No. 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 Okay. Uh, Alice, you sticking with Willa Wafer? Yeah, I'm sticking with Willa okay. Wafer. I think it's a wafer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wafer. Uh, 30 seconds to blank every single time. Don't say Mars. Don't say come. <laughs> uh, it's a vibrator. It's a sucking vibrator. Yeah, 30, 30 You've gone lazy with the startups. You're just looking at them tweets. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it is not that. Um, it's a sun lamp. <laughs> uh, no, it's nothing to do with promoted tweets. Although, actually, uh, it is something to do with viral tweets, as a matter of fact. They take it back. Oh. We cracked under questioning there, didn't you, <laughs> Riley? Yeah. Uh, do, do not interrogate me. I will do crack not interrogate. Oh, this is not investment advice. <laughs> uh, no, thirty seconds to blank every single time. Every single, every, every single si- time. Yeah, In just thirty seconds. It's half a Russell's burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's busy underpinning the, U.S. dollar tethers. All of the shit oh, yeah. is is fintech, right? So it's going to be like uh-huh. thirty seconds that's to right. pay somebody. Yes. Yes, Alice, you got it. 30 seconds to receive a loan. Yeah, well, no, no actually, it's 30 seconds to receive a payment. You can never miss points. a payment, in fact. Um, Willa. Never miss a payment. Is that a problem? That's Is a that, threat. I, like, I get missed calls. Who misses a payment? Like, oh, sorry, well, we tried to pay you, but you were out, <laughs> well, no, the, so that money's just well, gone no, the only, the only, The only thing would be, like, if you're getting, like, mugged or something, but instead of mugging your phone, they'll demand that you will them a payment, otherwise they'll stab you. <laughs> yeah, will them. That's me. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
If I don't get if, if, I, if I don't get this payment in thirty seconds, what, do, you do the Jason Statham voice, please. I can't. Do it. Okay. <laughs> I love the same if Jason I don't get Statham this payment voice. In the next fifteen minutes, my <laughs> heart's gonna literally explode. Well, uh, pretty, yeah, oh, I've done too much podcasting today. Yeah, for that's that right. Voice. Uh, Willa takes care of the entire payment process for freelancers mm. and influencers. So that's hey, why it's doing with the viral those. posts. Uh, with those. Oh, <laughs> I hate, hate this already. You get paid right away. We, yes, we are every both payment of those. is instant. Uh, yeah. Let's fucking get Willard. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Willa us. Fuck the Patreon. Willa me. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. Yeah. They were interviewed in TechCrunch. Send me your neck to point. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Since we are those, we can therefore know how much to laugh when I ask you, how Mm. much of a cut do they take? Uh, (laughs) 2.9%. Amazing. Amazing. So again, if you want to get paid, uh, why don't you just uh, give yourself a pay cut? If I want to get paid 97.1% of what I I mowed. Yeah. So um, the, the... the payment between payment process between freelancers and corporations is completely broken, says the co-founder and CEO mm. Christopher Somestad. Excuse me. The, what if a Swedish uh, guy? Swedish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's built for the old world by people of the old world. Both freelancers and corporations are suffering a lot from this. What the fuck kind of Warhammer dialogue is this? <laughs> yeah, he's born of the old world, we- which struggles to die. Yeah, this is like conquistador financing. He's wearing like a Morian. He's got an Arquebus, and we're riding the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, where we're gonna like uh, find new lands, and we're gonna take their silver and use that to finance our freelancers. So- also, you're literally mm. you're from Europe. That is when people when people from America say the old world. That's what they mean. Um, but both freelancers mm. and corporations are suffering a lot from this. At least half of exp- uh, f- freelancers experience problems getting paid. Yeah, but it's not because of an app. It's because people are cheap. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, How would an app resolve this? I am glad you asked. Oh, oh no! Oh, I'm not glad. Somerset says Willa Pay solves this problem by re-engineering the payment process. This sounds like an Italian are dude saying Will Pay. Uh, figuring do, out. Do they send Swedish Italian guys round to collect your money? Yeah, are they're you just like Willa out, Pay. Are you figuring out what it is they do yet? Goes. Is it debt collection? No. Oh no. Let's just say everything we're talking about today in the sort of first segment, it's not actually three segments, it's one segment. Is it fucking... Oh, it's Wait. supply chain. It's supply chain. It's, it's supply chain. chain financing. On the blockchain. Yeah, that's it. It's, 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 it's something that I've realized sort of the more I look into all this stuff. It, it, there, are just, there is just this... So much of this profitability of this yeah. dumbass sector. Riley's accidentally is- done the fucking Pelican brief on the entire Western economy. <laughs> like, we are now inside a John Grisham novel. <laughs> there are countless assassins currently trying to find the Trash Future studio in order to padlock us into a suitcase <laughs> in an apparent Look, suicide. All, I, all, I, all I'm saying is that in the old world, we cared about wallet chains, but in the new world, we care about the supply chain. Oh, ha- right. hail, hail the new flesh. <laughs> yeah. It's hail, hail the new flesh. It is yeah. paid uh, sooner or at a lower rate. Hail the new flashlight. Uh, it has been uh, securitized. Mm. Uh, so um, they say, yeah, we are creating it from scratch with a new freelance economy in mind. No, you're not. It's just supply chain. It's, it's just it's the same thing. It's, it's just, just ways of issuing debt without calling it debt. And whether you're US dollar tethers or this, it's just the same thing. It's realizing that you can play a little confidence trick. Where you can just say, this isn't debt, this is something else. Y- you call that debt? Well, this actually isn't debt, it's something else. I know yeah. it looks similar to what you're holding there, <laughs> but it's actually not, so don't yeah. even worry about remember, it, mate. Remember Pipe? They said, we're not, we're not selling debt, we're selling, 
<laughs> we're, yeah. we're selling recurring <laughs> revenue CEO streams. CEO Roland Della mm. Pipe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Roland Della um, Pipe. Roland so, Della Whip. <laughs> so, uh, would you mind uh, rolling into my whip for a second? So, here? Uh, how can Willa um, guarantee that I'll get paid? It can't. Well, well, it, it can for now, which is that uh. we're backed by one of the world's leading venture capital firms, EQT Ventures. This mm. means that our financing is secured by both I- and access to external capital and with the receivables we buy from our customers. So what they do basically is they right. buy they buy your receivable, much as you know, if a factor would, yeah. and then they collect that money subsequently. Yeah, I mean, but assuming that you, you have a receivable. Yeah, well, you you would because I I write you a I do some copywriting for you for a thousand pounds. I say to Willa, please pay me this thousand pounds, and then they'll say, how about we pay you like nine fifty or whatever, yeah. and then Willa goes and collects a thousand pounds from you. No, sorry, the point the point I'm making here is slightly different, which is that obviously like there is there is an issue with freelancers getting paid in a timely fashion, but Willa would seeming to imply they were playing like going to organize the problem of freelancers getting paid which is more of a broad position of people just will not they will not let you invoice them because they'll be like no you did that for free mm-hmm. like that's not a receivable yeah that's just true. A, okay. that's just nothing <laughs> yes yes of course <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can you can see so you can supply chain finance that exposure yeah yeah I, that's I, right I, I yeah mean, getting paid an exposure or getting paid in nectar points is such a great choice yeah well mm. you can get paid and now you can get paid in all kinds of dumb stuff that's just it's never money and it's never the it's mm. never the amount of money you're expecting mm. no 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 not it at all it might be 97.8% yeah. of that that's right uh so it is but it's it's well, the, the point here right is that so a company like this again it's not really mm. a company what it is is it allows it's EQT a ventures it's a prank it's a scam yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a joke, a prank. It, or it also allows EQT Ventures yeah, welcome to... welcome Jackass. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're taking Phil's receivables and uh, we're, we're buying them. <laughs> we're, we're la- uh, we're he la- has no idea. We're launching a firework into Mr. Into fucking Wee Man's receivables. That's what we're yeah. doing. This entire invoice was just written by Don Vito <laughs> with his own shit. <laughs> so, so no, it, but it, what it does is it allows this venture capital firm to be a bank. Cool, <laughs> like without Be any banking bank. regulations. Oh, he- oh heavens, no, 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 right. no! They're but they're not lending money. They're buying receivables. Yeah, because yeah. like I, I love so much that all our financial regulators work on the honor system that a bank is something with a sign that says "bank" outside. <laughs> yeah, EQT Ventures isn't a bank. Look, it says EQT Ventures. Will is not a bank. It's a tech company. Yeah, it's a way that you get yeah. paid, but it's not a bank. Also, we're not charging interest. We're charging a service fee of two point nine percent. But it's just basically yeah, it's just Islamic banking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's also funny though is that it, it it isn't money lending in the sense that they are buying something off you. So once once they buy your receivable, you're no longer you've taken your two point two percent hit or whatever, but you're no longer on the hook to them. Mm-hmm. And the only person on the hook to them is your supplier or your your pay the person who's supposed to pay you, right? But the thing is that the reason you as a freelancer sold them that in the first place was because that motherfucker was not paying yeah. you. This and is... so like they this is like the, the company that's like we want to lose money. Yes. Literally <laughs> like, yes. we are looking yeah. yeah. This is this is the shit that like collapses entire sectors of the economy. This is the machine mm. that kills hotels, but instead it's mm. the machine that kills freelancers. No, it's the machine that kills hope, places hope that employ freelancers. Hope you're doing well in the heart of the freelancer employing machine. Uh, best. Uh, David Cameron working for them, but just as like a debt collector, he's yeah. just chasing people up in a really. Right. What if we could touch base about that two hundred and fifty? Very quid. annoying. 
uh, by yeah. being just one of the world's most annoying men. David Cameron again. He said, like, actually, um, I I did get the bag in and you didn't chip in. So if we could... <laughs> um, a bag of what? Legally, we cannot say. Um, so, look, uh, that's that's all I had to say about Willa. Yeah. Uh, but, look, I want to... Um, I want to say one, I think it's important also to let the good news shine in when it happens. Mm. Uh, something today has happened where uh, a bunch of... Um, Did you uh, have a nice breakfast? A bunch of, uh, no, uh, an immigration <laughs> enforcement van update. came yeah. to Glasgow to remove uh, some, um, some immigrants uh, and uh, deport them from the country. And they did it successfully. And That's the good news. They were uh, <laughs> surrounded by, uh, in, in, in Kenmere Street, they were surrounded by uh, people from the neighborhood who basically mm. wouldn't let them move, wouldn't let them leave, uh, and then were forced to uh, release the people they were essentially uh, kidnapping to uh, send to their yeah. um, I'm, you know, probable uh, harm. I'm very, I, very, I, I'm uh, very proud to live here, and uh, yes. I am I'm very sad that I, I was not there because I was recording a podcast about the Mel Gibson romantic comedy What Women Want, because my job That's is very right. serious. That's praxis of its own. Yes, exactly. Um, I personally love it when the long arm of the Home Office is thwarted by like a hundred Francis Begbies. <laughs> that, that to me is the best possible outcome. So um, no cunt all- leaves here and it just stops there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. exactly. So look, all the um, lashes getting kidnapped and no cunt leaves here. Uh, so yeah, the um. Police and Police Scotland basically had to help mm. the Home Office because the Home Office didn't have yeah, the but people. They, they, they put out so, this kind of like uh, this great "Please don't be mad at us" statement where they were like, "Police mm. Scotland doesn't do immigration removals. We're just here to like facilitate a peaceful protest." Which is like, yeah. uh, first of all, extremely funny. Second of all, mm. I don't know if you'd ever have got something like that from the Met. You know, like uh, we, yeah, we, we're yeah. just here to like, please don't be. You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Yeah, 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 that's right. They, they, the, the the Scottish police are afraid of Francis Begbie. That's they right. respect that, and that, revere that him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, right. Fuck, he said no cunt leaves. That means us. <laughs> We're just gonna stay here. <laughs> fuck, they've kettled us. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, I think that is about the time we have here for the first mm. segment. Direct action, something, something. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I think now we'll hand over to our discussion uh, with Aaron Keller uh, from uh, Vashti and uh, Namod, who talks to us today in a personal capacity. Hmm. So uh, hmm. over to you, us. And we are here in the closing segment of our show uh, with Aaron Keller from Vashti and Namad, who is here in a personal capacity. Aaron, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, views my own, as they say. It sounds so ominous when you put it like that. <laughs> his his views are yeah, he's not she, even representing our views, <laughs> to be honest with yeah, you. We, he will yeah. be saying some libelous things about yes. names yeah. persons. Let me just let me just up the top just distance myself a little bit from Aaron Keller, okay? <laughs> this man, I don't we've know this we've man. never met. I he, should look, say. He's, yeah. he's distancing himself from the pod's position, which was established very early on, which is mm-hmm. that That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That is true. And that is that is the one state solution. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so um, we are, are talking to uh, Aaron today a little bit about uh, what is going on in uh, Gaza and uh, sort of what the sort of reverberations of that around the world are a little bit. 
I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about here, and we will probably talk about more of them as time goes on, talking to more people, people from Gaza. But in the meantime, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the UK, the West, representations of what's going on. Well, I assume those are all so, good. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the, the political context, right, um, as, as I understand it, just a quick uh, primer, is that in Israel, there is the sort of embattled uh, right-wing administration of Benjamin Netanyahu, which is dogged by corruption scandals and basically clinging to power at this point. Uh, you have a restive and increasing nationalism, the expansion of settler activity into Palestinian homes and land to put it under further occupation. Um, this, can, can, this sort of culminated in the evictions uh, of Palestinians from the East Jerusalem neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah, um, and protests with that coincided as well with um, uh, worship at the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And this all sort of boiled over. Uh, into us having uh, televised lynchings, uh, riots where Palestinian shops are being vandalized and their windows are broken, endless bombs into whatever is already what is already essentially an open air prison in Gaza, bombing down apartment blocks, uh, many many dead civilians, including children, and the IDF now says it is preparing for a ground invasion of Gaza. Uh, Aaron, have I missed anything? No, I mean, that sounds like a pretty excellent summary that uh, provides the kind of context that's sorely missing from most of our media and the way we, uh, we understand the conflict here. So yeah, that's a good job. So how, how, do you, how do you feel it is, I mean, portrayed over here? And what is the political purpose of that? Um, it seems to me that on the part of much of our media and certainly as well politicians, there's kind of uh, an attempt to decontextualize, um, particularly this this latest escalation of violence and detach it from, you know, the undergirding conditions, which are, as you noted, five decades of occupation, apartheid, dispossession, killing, etc. And I guess it's in order to kind of present this latest flare up as something that's just, this just happens, you know, something we can't do anything about um, and all to give mm. this kind of bogus impression that, both sides, uh, all it takes for both sides to de-escalate this, the violence would, would you know, that would ha be how you resolve the problem. Um, so, yeah, there's clashes. a kind of... Clashes. The word exactly. clashes keeps coming up. Mm. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's basically um, an attempt to know, avoid discussing really and, and identifying who the malefactor is, which side is the aggressor, aggressor uh, which side is, is being oppressed. Um, because that would be, you know, much too complicated. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one thing that struck me yesterday, the other day on the march uh, for the Palestine march in town, I mean, compared with other recent marches that I've been on, was the, just the, like the overwhelming noisy support from from passing bus and cab drivers. And it just struck me there's this kind of like intuitive understanding um, of, of who the oppressor is and who the aggressor is that just seems to elude so many of our politicians with these yeah, delusional both sides tweets uh, and statements. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty plain to see. And I don't think most people, at least in the West, um, perhaps this is confirmation bias. But, you know, I think most people are able to see through it. Mm. Well, we have this thing on the show that we, we keep talking about, about how the sort of the political tendency lately is to just for masks to come off. Right. And to, instead of mm. saying, uh, well, the bad things aren't happening. It's now to uh, worldwide and across political tendencies be like, oh, well, they are happening and they're good. And it's it's funny that you're upset by them. And I, do you mm. think that's correct? I mean, yeah, that seems to be in terms of, you know, some of the uh, 
Hasbara and propaganda that you see coming out, for example, the IDF account, there seems to be no attempt to really uh, hide the atrocities that are being committed in Gaza. And um, really, they're just reveling in them. You know, you've seen those that I don't know if you saw that meme where there's a kind of before and after photo um, with the IDF mm. sort of um, taunting um, Gazans for having just uh, collapsed mm. a 13 story building. So, yeah, it does seem to have been certainly a shift in the way uh, Israel is trying to um, represent what it's doing in the world. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I'm sure that's that's a tendency more broadly. It's almost like a, yeah, a populist, right wing populist framing of, of, of uh, war crimes in a way. Um, it's almost like an attempt no longer to sort of appeal to. Um, the other side but to sort of consolidate your base um, and that seems mm. to be kind of yeah what that did. Well, in the interests of balance we do have to say that that building was a terrorist <laughs> I mean th- this is the thing right is that like it's it, it's very funny that they've sort of outgrown this whole narrative that you know was quite successful for a few years of uh, actually calling Israel-Palestine is the same as misgendering a trans person and your <laughs> activism isn't intersectional if you don't support the IDF and so on. And, th- and that's just gone. Like, those people are still there, but they're, they're sort of yeah. like they've been outgrown. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, the guy, the guy being like, yeah, uh, 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 you know, protesting uh, for for Palestine is like doing bi erasure somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, triggered much, you know, which is refreshing, yeah. mm. I suppose. The IDF Twitter account, I do think, is a fascinating artifact. Because remember that meme a couple of years ago rope where they were... Defense. Rope tied defense. The list I, I of dangerous of that, things that Palestinians that do. Well, there um, was another example yeah. of, of, of rope tied defense logic. Or I saw... I mean, God, this is so fucking dark to say. News reporters just being like, we hate to see rope tied defense. Well, no, that this really is, is... This is really awful, actually, where they were like, we among targets hit in Gaza was a school that contained a, quote, terror tunnel. I mean, it seems like they're... The, the level of effort going into sort of obscuring what's going on here is really sort of becoming quite minimal, right? This is there is it is it is the 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 naked application of force essentially, and then that this is you can't I think like you can't it, it's very easy one of the there are lots of ways to try and sort of divorce this from the actual politics on the ground, and one of my sort of one of the, one of the things I I hate the most is the framing of um. Uh, as as tragedy, essentially, as something that happens tragically, the situation has escalated again, as though the situation is escalating itself, as though it's a tsunami. Yeah, well, yeah. This, 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 this is the same reason I've, I've, I've become incredibly sick of and angry at hearing the words tensions, uh, clashes. Yeah. Mm. yeah it, mm. They exist yeah. only to obfuscate. Yeah. I think. Yeah, but I mean, the right the yeah. right way to frame it is a fracas, right? Yeah, kerfuffle. Yeah. Kerfuffle has happened, yeah. following I mean, which several, several children have been killed. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, because the, the, the framing it as a tragedy, right, is another way of saying regrettable but inevitable. Mm. Yeah. As though there is not one side that has planes and tanks and control and controls sort of coming in or out of gaza keeps it under a blockade mm. that could stop doing those I think, things i think like at a very yeah. at a very basic level like one of the like the biggest kind of like the reason why these narratives the narratives that have been like there for so long whether that's kind of like you know the poor palestinians are under the control of like the evil hamas and like they won't let them uh they won't let the palestinians live as they want which just happens to conveniently be um in in line in line with like um israeli ambitions um mm. is with the idea that like this all started or like this kind of it, it didn't all start 
But kind of like the tipping point in which people were kind of paying attention to this was with the Al-Aqsa Mosque in invasion, right? Um, and these are kind of like videos where you can see people who are like unarmed and praying, um, like praying in the middle of the night, being evicted and kind of like having grenades thrown at them. And, you know, the only resistance of that being kind of people throwing rocks because this whole myth about like, oh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque actually has weapons hidden underneath, like turned out not mm. to be true. And all the kind mm. of like, um, all the, uh, you know, the, the kind of like pro-Israeli accounts, including like, I think the IDF account, which use the typical line of like, oh, you know, our soul, our heavily armed soldiers um, were having stones thrown at them. So that's why it was completely fine for them to like throw shell, like gas shells back. Like it wasn't really, it wasn't really going to like play out. I think at like a very basic level, this is like, you can kind of think about this as like an optics fail where it's like on the one, like it's easy to kind of make that claim when, you know, you can kind of like use Hamas as like, or Hamas militants as like the bogeyman, right? It's easy to kind of like obfuscate that, but it's much harder when the entry point to like making this like sympathetic story is one which starts with like, oh yeah, we were just like casually harassing, um, like unarmed, uh, worshippers, uh, but we're actually the victims in all this. So I want to sort of go back to Aaron here based on like what, what we're saying, what, especially what Hussein is saying, right? The wide sort of um, you might say mass appreciation of these things that are sort of made possible by the fact that people are posting them on, you know, social media, which we'll get to, mm. uh, and not sort of having them filtered through you know news bureaus or what have you. Do you feel as though that is there is some kind of sea change attached to that? I mean, yeah, it does seem so in some respects. I mean, I think you'll be you know you'll rest assured that the kind of woke Hasbara industry that you were lamenting the loss of is is certainly still thriving. I mean, I saw a, a tweet today from a notorious uh, pro-Israel account uh, complaining that Jews are experiencing a, a social media pogrom right now, um, which was... Oh my God, that's of, one of my favorite posts. <laughs> oh, wow. One of my favorite posts. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, I think it was today. Oh, yeah. Why would Jeremy just, Corbyn do this? Just... just calibrated to be mm. to just be the most and I, look God, yeah. never mind that's very annoying yeah mm -hmm. um but like so because there is this there but there is this like there is a a this is something like because i was noting this right sort of in the in between when we're talking about sort of impacts and representations of this sort of mm. in, in western countries right um you have to talk about you, you have to understand sort of how it's being portrayed, sort of mm. especially in like the New York Times, The Economist as a sure. tragedy. And then you have to, you can also understand how that framing is completely undermined by just someone posting a video on Twitter of what is happening because you can trust your own eyes and sense of moral revulsion mm. at what is going on. You do not have to like try to negotiate with yourself. You can just see it. But, but don't go around trusting your own eyes. That's what Hamas wants you to do. Okay. But, that's part of their, that's part of their plan. But, all right. But what I mean, but why don't you try trusting reliable accounts of events, like from the IDF and the Israeli Foreign Ministry? <laughs> All right, try that so, for a change. Um, so basically, right? We also have um, Facebook and related companies, for example, instituting bans on the basis of "quote unquote" human error. Anything tagged Al Aqsa, as BuzzFeed reported. Uh, we also had like many Palestinian journalists, especially based in Gaza, getting their accounts suspended again from either mass harass mass um, reporting campaigns or similar right and and facebook's explanation for why 
they took down everything that said Al-Aqsa was that it's all tagged Al-Aqsa on Instagram as well, um, which is that they, this is also the name of a designated terrorist organization. But mm. that would essentially be like, I, I don't know, blocking content of the Notre Dame Cathedral being on fire because you don't like the Notre Dame football team. It, would, it is a, a child's... Or just blocking everything... It is a child's... Yeah, um, or just yeah, blocking yeah. everything from Ireland. Yeah. Again, Notre Dame is on fire, and they're like, "This is pretty offensive to hunchbacks." Actually, it is, it so is a child's gonna... understanding <laughs> of of this of these it's events. So, right? It's it is a so child's good. understanding of this region. It's so good yeah. that all of this is in the hands of like four companies to decide. And I think also it would be easy to like take this as a more surface level thing, like, oh, you know, like Facebook has some kind of agenda where they're trying to cover this up or whatever. But I think what we go for on this podcast is it's more interesting in revealing how all of these platforms are basically they all basically operate on the business of like what is going to stop people yelling at us the most mm. and so they always err on the side of censoring everything because it's impossible to like do any kind of like proper censorship as we've discovered mm. with online content so they're just like okay well this might be in some way spicy so we're just going to stop it altogether yeah like it's not even that they're, it's re they're really about one side or the other it's just that like this could potentially harm our bottom line if it got out of control so we're just going to kill it straight I, I away think it, I think in this situation it's it's it's, it's slightly different, though. I think it's much like the BBC. I think it's just deference to power, mm. right? That's why, you know, I mean, I, again, I, I, lots of people, not myself, were saying that, mm. like, oh, Trump should be taken off of these things because he's inciting violence and everyone's mad at them or, or whatever. But no, these platforms are just, are just deferential. Mm. And mm. so they, they sort of think, well, well, the foreign policy consensus is of the countries that we operate in is basically that you know, this one side is, is good and this other side is bad. So mm. we're going to err on this side of uh, where our errors are going to be on the side of the prevailing foreign policy consensus mm. or political consensus of where we are. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. tech titans are now big enough, the ones that are looking at this content anyway, that they basically like have to negotiate that their relationship with the countries that regulate them is not regulator regulatee. It's mm. negotiating partner. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So they they so it is all of these all of these decisions sort of you know um, chalked up to human error are you know deeply political and I think it's mm. quite revealing that all of those human errors sort of all went to one side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think in some respects, I mean, in the case of Facebook, it's fairly transparent. I mean, we know um, that the ministry, the sort of nebulously named uh, what is it, Ministry for uh, Strategic Affairs in Israel, works closely. Um, with Facebook and you know there's 120 right-wing NGOs that um, applied pressure to Facebook to adopt the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism um, and which is you know full of problems in terms of um, encouraging the conflation of um, anti-Semitism with criticism of Israel and so it's wholly unsurprising that this is ultimately you know the the uh, the result I had a friend of mine messaged me yesterday saying that he was um, he follows uh, some big Facebook uh, football meme group and uh, there was a picture suddenly that appeared of uh, Celtic Stadium kind of draped with Palestinian flags and within minutes it seemed to have disappeared. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of wholly mm. unsurprising and, and uh, very much something... Facebook is pro-rangers, actually. Yeah, yeah. And something that we should be taking up with our governments, basically. I mean, a couple of days ago, in the midst of this escalation mm. of violence in Jerusalem, I think it was in the Queen's speech, uh, the government announced its measures to... Um, uh, basically prohibit public bodies from endorsing BDS. And that, again, is sort of like partly under the guise of the IHRA. But, you know, we can, mm. you know, this is something we need to be, you know, Sayida Warsi should be commended for kind of, for that kind of intervention, but it's going to take more than a kind of 
code of conduct for criticizing Israel to kind of resist these kind of measures, and it's something we really should be taking up with our own governments. Mm -hmm. It's 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 very it's very depressing that the only people who are like my posts are being censored, and this is a free speech mm. issue. Are the people who are not really being censored, but are just mm -hmm. like sort mm -hmm. of right wing cranks who are like, why am I shadow banned on Twitter? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. and also a lot of questions are being raised by my shirt that says Jews and Israel are the same thing, brackets <laughs> non anti Semitic, which are already answered by my shirt. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, it's, I think it's probably worth saying that, the, that it's not saying like, Facebook answers to Israel or anything like that. No. It's just that there is a Western foreign policy consensus. Israel is an imperial proxy state. And so, you know, that, that generally speaking, you know, mm. it's, it's the, almost the same thing as like you would, you, they would, you, that's why one of the other reasons like it's difficult to get them to like, you know, like air a lot of stuff about Yemen. Why like lots of, lots, lots of reporting mm. about Yemen also gets taken down in the same way because Saudi Arabia is also a Western proxy well, state. Well, it's the same thing as the, the, the thing we did on the, uh, the London mayoralty election of who do you vote for that is going to cut the numbers of police. It's, was num nobody. Uh, which yeah. US presidential candidate? brackets non crank right is had, was going to campaign seriously on on casting military aid to Israel even Bernie Sanders was kind of like I'll just do more oversight mm. Mm. yeah mm. yeah that's right i mean oh, so there's this there's this uh, phrase in, in sort of us politics cuz you know US, the us being the imperial metropole really the uk being a sort of mm. client state of a mm. different sort oh what right well Shit. They, the, the phrase is uh, Fuck. is politics stops at the water's edge which basically means that foreign policy is sort of that your foreign policy sort of isn't decided as to whether you're a republican or a democrat not really right and but what that really means you know so you support american interests abroad and so what that really means, though, is foreign policy is a kind of, you know, a, a consensus of uh, elite capital, whatever you want to call it. But there is no real difference between the, the uh, Democrats and the Republicans on making sure that, you know, Saudi Arabia gets to keep persecuting its war in Yemen or that, you know, Israel gets to keep the um, keep just getting sort of more military, more Israel gets, you know, a, an economy that's like less than the size of like Mississippi. Uh, mm. Still gets like you know billions Somehow in military more aid. Racist. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the yeah. it's it's the idea like no empire ever no empire serves anyone's interests right. Mm. The empire certainly the empire certainly doesn't serve the interests of the people who are imperialized, mm. and the empire doesn't even serve the interests of the people who are like working it's, class at home. It's pretty good if you're a missile manufacturer. You've got to give them yeah. that much. Yeah. That's cool for but them. like. Yeah. But you you don't you don't get that political choice because you know mm. both Tony Blinken and Mike Pompeo they both buy MDMA from the same guy in capri pants who lives on the <laughs> beach in Tel Aviv. Yeah, right. It have is, a nice hug. It is the same. It is basically the same. And mm. you know, so that's why I sort of go back and forth on like this that, that yes, social the the prominence of sort of social media journalism uh, in places like Palestine has like and, and the Gaza Strip especially has created sort of more a broader idea that like this is not the kind of thing that ought to have well it's mm. not the kind of thing that ought to have our consent in as mm. much as the politics of, of this country are um sort of affected by the politics of ours right but at the on the other hand and and and, and these this and so the, the question of whether or not that content is being censored mm. is at first blush an important one but then when you think, well, how much does my consent really matter? I mean, it's sort of a political fait accompli that like 
uh, that American empire, and of which, again, Britain is sort of a part, must continue. And t- American empire needs American imperial proxies. I mean, I think... So you don't get a choice yeah. on it. I mean, I think Joe Biden articulated that, that, that idea that you're describing better than anyone when he, he kind of bellowed the quiet part out loud. I think it was in the 80s or something from the Senate floor. He said, I think, you know, if there was no Israel, the United States would have to invent an Israel to protect our interests. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so Israel is like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it also, I think going back to the social media thing, like it is it is part of a broader thing about these places, which are sort of like pseudo to being a commons, like a place where like, pe- like pu- the public can discuss things or have access to information, but they are entirely privately enclosed and they are only they only have the appearance of being public spaces and they are run by private interests. And they're not even run by the state, which has its own private interests. They're run by literal private companies yeah, that just can just guy. change the rules whenever they want. It's just and the like, guy in that. I think, yeah. And again, I think it's like, as with any of these things, it's always tempting to see them in a more conspiratorial way than they naturally are when it's more just like the interests of these people often align. It's not because they're sat in a room going like, right, how can we help the Israeli government here? It's just that it so happens that like, if they allow all these videos to be posted of like horrible shit happening in Gaza, it's probably going to annoy a lot of their users and it might annoy a lot of the people that they work with. And they, they, that isn't good for their business. Mm. And that's why they're making these decisions. And of course, because of the system in which they operate, that ends up being like yeah. basically another arm of like the state. Mm. It's, well, it's a, uh, it, it, these, these things, the, it, it is systems that enforce their own logic, essentially. Yeah. My question is, and- can this, can this be changed? And is the answer to simply be more annoyed? And more vocally annoyed. Post through it. Yeah, to post through it. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, that's, that's what, you know, that's what the Israeli government seems to be doing. They're, you know, they, they're, as you said earlier, they're sort of like posting strategy. You know, they have no sort of uh, interest in sort of um, obtaining public uh, consent for, for, for those sorts of positions. So I think the shift towards increasingly unhinged Hasbara um, can be partly explained by Israeli internal politics. So as Netanyahu's grip on power becomes uh, increasingly fragile, struggling to form a government, he's mired in corruption scandals. Um, he needs to appeal to an electorate that's continuously lurching further and further to the right, as we've seen with the last four Israeli elections. And so Netanyahu is basically happy to dispense with Hasbara that pretends Israel's a liberal democracy because that's not how his electorate really views itself anymore, if it ever did. And kind of the clearest indication of that in this country uh, was Netanyahu's uh, decision to replace the Israeli ambassador. Um, so, you know, he replaced uh, the silver-tongued Australian-born Mark Regev with Zippy Ottavelli, who's one of the most brazen exponents of the ultra-nationalist Greater Israel Project. She's called uh, Arabs Thieves of History. She's denied the Nakba. She supports this extremist organization, Lahava, that we've seen leading the charge with these um, lynch mobs. She insults non-Orthodox Jewish denominations. Um, so, you know, her appointment was basically... Netanyahu telling uh, the UK we really can't be bothered to even try and defend ourselves anymore. Um, and so what Na'amod has been doing, and, and for context, Na'amod is a movement of British Jews seeking to end Jewish communal support for the occupation. 
Um, and one of the things we've been doing recently is campaigning to basically make Sipi Hotavelli persona non grata um, in the Jewish community. So, for example, picketing events where she's been invited to speak at Jewish denominations um, and to basically just try and draw a wedge between the Israeli far right and its support in the diaspora. Um, but I don't know, I do think it does, it does. I do think we're sort of witnessing a bit of a sea change in terms of, you know, every tweet that's ratioed by the IDF or that's, uh, you know, by, you know, Keir Starmer with his like weak both sides um, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, intervention. I think it does serve to kind of create a bit of a sea change and particularly in a year where we, you know, people have been so, you know, where sort of instances of racism have been metabolized in such a way over social media, you know, particularly over Black Lives Matter and it, and it sort of created such an kind of emphatic consensus um, you've got personalities like mm-hmm. uh, Bella Hadid and and um, Dua Lipa posting on this. I mean, I do think that like for all it's, you know, I'm not super optimistic that it's going to lead to any sort of international sanctions or anything. But in terms of um, shifting consensus on the issue, yeah, marginally optimistic. Um, but yeah, as for facts on the ground, I don't know. I suppose it's the, the, the question always is, how do you translate that shifting, a shifting sort of moral and political consensus among a, you know, among a sort of, you know, certain slice of politics, at least, but a sort of, I'd say, an increased stridency uh, and also potentially, like you say, Aaron, like an increased awareness in the right direction. Um, how do you translate that to political gains when that's sort of not electorally on the table? And, you know, I don't see that happening anytime, anytime soon, um, but it's, it, is, it is the tools that... Um, it, it, it is the tools that we have to work with, essentially. You know, these are these are the democratic tools at our disposal. Is um, is to mm. is to is to you know, with is you, you, what you have is your consent, and you can withhold it. And what you have is your is the material is you have the material things you have, and you can share them. And there will be uh, a, a a link to some um, some organizations, you know, helping people in Gaza, in the um, in the notes of this episode as well. So do do look at that. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of these things where I think there is a, I don't know, like I said earlier, you know, you have to trust your eyes, uh, as to what's going on and you have to trust your own moral compass that it is, you know, um, a, a, a revolt, it is that it is morally revolting. And uh, if, if you believe all of those things, then, you know, you, you must do what you can, which is you must withdraw your you must withdraw your consent as much as possible for it to be happening. You must do it loudly. And if you can, I mean, if, if you can materially help at all to do that as well. And, you know, to, I mean, I, to con- just continue to look for the, look for the opening to change, to change that sort of um, ex- level of acceptability, right? To fight, to, re- to real, to remember that, Foreign policy doesn't have to stop at the coast. It doesn't need to. It it can be otherwise. It's just that you know, um, it's it's it is really fucking hard. Yeah, um, got to win the war with France first. So uh, <laughs> uh, to f- to finish this off, uh, yeah, it's, I I know you said, mentioned Saida Warsi earlier. Saida Warsi uh, says she's been receiving dozens of calls uh, and emails from people asking how they can talk about what's going on without affecting their prospects for employment, etc. And I just want to say. I too am very concerned about the phone calls I've been receiving about my horse from two towns over and should probably check on my barn door. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> yeah. Is your refrigerator running? Absolutely. Anyway, um, so I look, I think that's probably uh, all we have time for in this in this segment. So, uh, Aaron, where can people sort of find uh, Fashti? How can they get involved to support uh, that organization and other worthy causes? Uh, you can find Vashti uh, on all good social media. You can follow Natamod as well. Um, but yeah, in, in a week like this, particularly important to, uh, you know, emphasize and elevate Palestinian voices. Um, so, you know, through Natamod, you can find um, be redirected to a lot of uh, fantastic journalists and organizations that are on the ground. Um, and yeah, whose information you should uh, really be trusting. And uh, I also think that's all the time we have left for on this episode as well. So thank you very much for listening. Um, we do have a Patreon. It's five bucks a month. You can subscribe to it for another episode per week. But uh, this week, uh, maybe first take a look at that uh, donate button uh, if you can. Uh, otherwise, uh, we will see you on the bonus episode in a few days. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you later. Bye. What enlightening discussion. Oh. Thank you to Aaron, who I I would like to stress was talking to us in a personal <laughs> capacity. I've learned so um, much, and uh, also, you know, I'm very depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I, on the 30th of May, I'm doing a stand-up show in London. If you want to come, you can come in person. If you don't live in London, you can also watch it online. Have you heard of the internet? It's a new thing. Um, there's like a link in the description and also on my Twitter that you, you know who I am. You mm -hmm. can, you can find, it's the internet. You can find these things. That's right. Um, yeah, it'll be, well, come and find out if I can still do stand up. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Anyway, uh, I am, uh, hungry. So it's yeah. time for me to have dinner. Uh, anyway, uh, is hungry in a personal capacity. We would like to stress <laughs> that. Um, that does not represent the views of the trash, other trash toast, although I am also personally hungry. Yes, that's right. But Anyway, we're going to go do that. Uh, mm. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the bonus in a few days. Later. Bye. Bye-bye.